If you want peace, prepare for war. This is Parabellum, a Cyberbit podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to the webinar. My name is Samit Parnik. I'm the regional director for uh, India West, based out of Mumbai. Thank you for the, taking the time out of your schedule to attend this webinar. I will start off with today's agenda, the challenges faced by a SOC in a large financial institution, the new approaches and trends uh, that are that customers today use for uh, training the SOC teams, especially with the dynamic scenario that we live in. Why is SOAR a priority for uh, when we look at a next generation SOC? And uh, the endpoint risk detection, especially in the in the new generation socks, right? Uh, that is the that is the most critical point, uh, most critical device when it comes to to securing your environment, right? Finally, we will open up the forum for Q and A in the last ten minutes. To cover the agenda today, we have a great couple of speakers. Uh, we have Shiv Kumar Pandey, an industry thought leader and currently the group CISO for one of uh, India's oldest and Asia's largest stock exchange, the Bombay Stock Exchange. She has held, held multiple roles in the financial sectors, especially in the technology space, before joining BSC around three years back as the CISO. And he has taken un- transformational projects after joining within BSC. We have seen firsthand the kind of uh, way BSC has transformed the security perspective over the past three years. We also have Oren Esper uh, from Cyberbit. Oren is the global CTO for Cyberbit and is based out of Israel. I am sure you guys will have a, a wonderful session. I now hand over to Shiv. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Shivmar Pandey here, the group CISO from BSC Limited. Just to uh, tell you about the BSC, BSC is uh, one of the oldest stock exchange in India, and we are also one of the fastest stock exchange operating six microseconds. Uh, we founded in 1875, and uh, number of companies listed is approximately more than 4,500. So, and our market cap is 2.2 trillion. So, Today we'll talk about you know the next gen SOC which we have implemented just uh, one and a half years back. Prior to that, we are running a traditional SOC which we are collecting the logs from the SIM, and uh, so we have done the complete risk assessment of our you know the, our SOC and find out what are the challenges and uh, challenges. And basing being the national critical infrastructure, we are always been the target attackers. We have find out you know what are the challenges and then so what we have we have increasing a sophisticated and coordination cyber crime uh, which is required a 360 degree strategic approach you know on the cyber security front and uh, also we have done the holistic approach to address this threat landscape spanning across all the domains of the cyber security so what we have done we have done the risk assessment from internally as well as externally from the third party. We have done the regulatory requirement and we have come out with the cybersecurity next-gen SOC approach, how to implement you know, the next-gen SOC. So we have divided our SOC in completely in nine domains, which we talk about the endpoint security, then network security, the data security, and application security, identity and access management, mobile management, and all this is integrated with the security orchestration. So here we will talk about in detail about you know this uh, SOC technology landscape. First to operationalize and get the maximum gain, you know, very important is that the log collection and the integration is a big, big task and the challenges. So you need to integrate like all kind of operating system, network devices, security devices, 
database log application log your all logs should be integrated then only you will get you know the the good correlations and the outcome of your next gen saw here we are using a security architecture in the middle where we are using an siem we have using security analytics we also do the embed and packet capturing in the middle top of that we are doing the real time forensic we are also doing you know the uaba which is user behavior anomaly detection then artificial and machine learning for the cyber security and we are getting a threat intel feed from the multiple sources and then we are running the source this all this technology we have chosen in such a way that you know they are integrable with each other the usp of this project was that we have integrated all this technology to get the automation also and uh, we get the multifold benefit on the same some of the example for the integration automation like example like in firewall your ips your ntapt your nat should be integrated in such a way that you know if any uh, malware or uh, uh, threat is coming in any of the devices the signature is automatically updated and if any endpoint is uh, detected it is automatically isolated from the network so we are not only talking about the integration and automation but it's a complete uh, cyber resilience like your phishing emails you know user will not even come to know that you know the attached file if it is uh, malware infected it will be you know the all uh, all mailboxes it will be de deleted automatically user will not even come to know similarly for ntapt we have deployed a sword technology but uh, in our case like cia is very important where you talk about the confidentiality integrity and availability in, in any stock exchange availability is even more important where availability is even more important where the performance and availability for any stock exchanges is very important and in that case what we do in sur we have you know in normal business trading hours in normal business trading hours uh, we have you know avoided you know the automated changes in our especially a critical networks for this uh, complete network we do the you know effectiveness of the network we do the simulation testing also to check whether you know my, my uh, next gen sock is properly working or not like you know example for ddos attack the malware attack without informing we do the red team exercising also in terms of the phishing email attacks or malware attacks for effectiveness of the sock we also test you know whether uh, we will also do the apart from the simulation testing we also do the done it from the third party assessment and we have also called up you know the from oem third party assessment whether we are utilizing utilizing more optimum technology or not in this all nine dubes we have not only done the technology part but we have also done on the people and process and technology all the three aspects and we have integrated in such a way that you know we are covering all these three aspects like people process and technology some of the key element in this uh, soc implementation which we have done is like you know we have implemented you know the niche technologies like uaba where user behavior anomaly detection uh, and ntapt and deception technology in uaba like examples like this is for the internal threat like you know some of the users if their their behavior is normally logging to 9 to 10 uh, only business hours like uh, morning 9 am to the 6 pm or if they are logging to the suddenly a uh, uh, usually in a server and suddenly logging to the b servers then the system will not allow those kind of accesses so it's a time bot his behavior anomaly reduction kind of stuff
we have also implemented artificial and machine learning technology this we are getting a multiple feed from the threat uh, different uh, threat uh, intelligence and we have integrated with our completely uh, log collections so if any kind of you know incident is log so previously it used to take us you know the 3 to 4 days now in just fraction of second we'll come to know what kind of uh, you know uh, threat was there which family it is belongs so it's integrate in your internal logs as well as your from the external source of data and provide you the exact rca it also help us in the remediation action also this help us a lot you know because for in, in cyber security how quickly you are responding that tools is very important and so the machine learning and artificial intelligence is also helping us a lot in terms of next gen soc so there are i think uh, lots of technology but i am touching at the fewer one the next is very is the deception technology this also helping us a lot we also do the real time forensic also so overall i can say after implementing in this uh, the the cyber security posture of the bsc and group of company is a boost a lot and uh, we respond the threats and confidence at uh, unprecedented uh, speed and the scale and this is the high uh, help us in significantly reduce our threat triage investigation and the response times thank you shiv uh, so now what i want to do to broaden the view from bse to the rest of the world and the rest of the industry and show you some of those challenges that we've seen around the, the globe in regard to uh, different uh, socks so uh when we go over the different challenges we can see that the first one and the one repeating in all or most places would be the lack of skilled staff the fact that it's very hard to recruit cyber security professionals and maintain them because eventually the burnout of uh, soc operators is quite high and the demand is keep on growing while uh there are not that many uh places the universities that produce those uh, soc operators the second challenge that we see that is repeating across the globe is the lack of automation and orchestration so a lot of people talk about soc products a lot of people talk about automation but eventually most of the socs although they may buy soc products they are not really utilizing those products and they are not really benefiting from the automation and orchestration uh that they have the third challenge that we see is around uh, the number of tools uh inside a soc so um in most socs or in most organizations we see between 30 to 50 even 70 different security tools and it tools inside the organization eventually this creates a quite a complex environment for you guys to try to manage and this is in a way emphasizes the fact that you need the operation tools to control that the fourth challenge that we see is the large volumes of alerts so since we want to improve our detection capabilities meaning that we are lowering the thresholds in regard to the different security tools that we have inside the organization and this results with more alerts going into the sim and more alerts going into the soc and eventually increasing the workload on the soc operators in order to find the real attacks within this noise and all the false positive um the next challenge is around the consistent process for response the fact whether you have inside your socs all the procedures that cross the different operators you have whether all your operators are working based on the same procedures in the same way 
so you have a consistent way to mitigate cyber alerts. And the last one is around silos between uh, the security tools and security teams, IT teams, and incident response operation. Eventually, in many organizations, this is split across multiple teams without a real collaboration, without a platform that will help you to collaborate the entire flow from detection to response with all the different tools that needed to be incorporated as part of this process. And this, in a way, is one of the changes of the SOC and the setback around that. So if we dive into uh, the main challenges, so as I said, uh, the first one would be around the team competence or the skill shortage. The fact that teams or SOC teams are not really ready to cope with cybersecurity incidents. So on the one side, we see that the majority of the SOC operators have not really experienced a real attack, whether it's a ransomware or a disruption of uh, service or data theft. So all of those kind of attacks that are not that common in organization, eventually when it comes to the day-to-day -day life of a SOC, those would be the rare cases, meaning that your teams are not really equipped or experienced with that. And once it will happen in your organization, it will be their first time to cope with, and this is not something you really want. On the other hand, you have the procedures and technologies that, again, are not really tested since those uh, rare but severe incidents are not really happening on your day-to-day -day life. And you don't really know whether your procedures and tools that you have in place will be effective once this incident will happen. The next challenge is around the lack of orchestration and automation. Uh, so we see from the latest Sun SOC survey that uh, around half of the organizations are saying that the absence of effective automation and orchestration in a way setting them back. We also see that even if they are putting those technologies, they are not really satisfied with that. So uh, the fact is that utilizing or having an effective automation orchestration operation inside your SOC, this is not really a technical thing of just buying a SOC product. It's also about the implementation and using it effectively in order to mitigate those common tasks that you have inside your SOC. The third portion or the third challenge would be around the number of tools you have inside your organization. So we can see that 73% of uh, the organizations are having more than 25 tools. And even some of them even have one, more than 100. Eventually, this creates quite a complex environment for you to work with. And if we talk about the skill shortage, uh, there's also the, the problematic in training people on all those hundreds of, of dozens of technologies that you have inside a SOC, and every new SOC personnel need to be trained on how to use them and how to consume the data from them and so on and so on. And this, in a way, creates a much complex environment and one, much complex problem for you as part of your security operation. The fourth challenge would be around the number of alerts. So as I said, in order to improve detection, we are lowering the threshold, uh, which results in higher numbers of alerts. So we can see from several uh, surveys around uh, banks in the world that they are talking about, most of them have more than 100,000 alerts to cope with. And this is a huge number for a manual team 
to cope with and this in a way also focus on the point that without applying automation you cannot cope with those numbers because it's enormous unless you have hundreds of people on your SOC and this goes back to the fact that it's very hard to staff SOCs because of the skill shortage. So we've seen the, those challenges but the good news is that there are some solutions uh, in order to cope with those challenges. Uh, none of them is a magic bullet that will solve it in a single uh, glance, but those tools and those solutions will better equip you in order to mitigate those challenges and better equip yourself to create your next-gen SOC. So let's start with a short poll about how you train your SOC team. Uh, the question is whether you use sort of conventional kind of theoretical training using presentation and documents or send your people to external courses? Are you using gamified training products or CyberRange? Or you don't really train your people? So I'll give you a couple of seconds to answer the questions and then we can see the results. So as you can see, the majority of you are using conventional training methods that are more about presentation and external courses which may provide the theoretical knowledge, but you can't really know whether your people are really equipped. I see that the minority are using cyber range that are in a way a better fit or better suitability in order to train your people in a real environment. So let's talk about the next generation of training cyber professionals. So we see it as training cyber security teams like we train fighter pilots. So when we train fighter pilots, we send them to simulators before they go on a plane, and this is the approach that we want to take for cybersecurity professionals as well. So the current approaches that you have uh, in uh, training software personnel is around having some kind of OEM certification, uh, presentation, and following some cybersecurity frameworks, and this is, as we've seen from the poll, this is what the majority of the SOCs are doing. Some of them are taking more advanced approaches of uh, conducting uh, cyber drills, like red versus blue capture the flag kind of drills, or running simulated attacks inside their, their environment in order to see the implication. So what we in Cyberbit have to offer around that is our cyber range. So Cyberbit range is a hyper-realistic simulator that actually simulates an enterprise network, a multi-segmented network with, with uh, real uh, tools and real uh, components. So we have inside different variants of SIM, whether it's QRADAR or ArcSight. We have different firewalls, Palo Alto, Checkpoint, Endpoint Protection. We also simulate the internet because eventually it's a closed environment that we want to, to uh, mimic an enterprise environment that is connected via DMZ to, to the internet. So we are simulating all those components inside a closed environment. We have a traffic generator that generates benign traffic in order to simulate users running inside the network and in order to create noise inside this environment. We are giving uh, the trainees a virtualized SOC. Those are workstations that they can cannot, cannot connect remotely into this environment. And this mimics uh, their day-to-day -day SOC environment. And from there on, we have our attack generator that actually uh, inject real cyber attacks to this environment. 
Those attacks can be DDoS attack, SQL injection, ransomware. All those attacks are running on different targets inside the network. The attacks can start either from the internet or from the user segment. And then those SOC operators don't really know what is going to happen to them and they need to face, like in reality, the things that will happen inside the network. So they will need to detect it, respond to that, and prevent it from happening. So we have different content packages inside the cyber range. So we have different scenarios to train SOC team personnel, whether it's tier one SOC analyst, whether it's tier two malware analyst. We have both individual and team training. So you can also train the team all together in order, in order to improve the teamwork of the SOC. We have also uh, ICS, industrial control system training, where we are simulating a mini power plant that is being attacked uh, by a cyber attack in order to train people from the energy sector or the manufacturing center in how, how an attack on a critical infrastructure looks like and how to mitigate it. And we also have package for pen testers or vulnerability assessment teams where we have them get, getting tasks in order to hack into the environment and get some targets out of that. So they're getting this on a separate environment where they are getting those targets and need to hack into the system. And all this knowledge and all those technologies are coming out of the box. So you are getting a platform with, with everything built in so you can train your people in this realistic environment. So the value for you of using such a range is first of all, the suitability to multiple roles, whether it's the different tiers inside the SOC, whether it's pen testers, malware analysts, you can use it with diverse scenarios, whether you're using it just for um, individual enhancements or whether you're using it for teamwork. So some of the scenarios will be suitable for a single trainee and some will be suitable for a teamwork. You have different complexity levels where you can have the range uh, for junior staff that are just getting familiar with the basic tools in the SOC or more advanced scenarios uh, to either higher tier of the SOC or specific professions. And those scenarios, as I said, cover different types of cyber attacks that can happen inside organizations. So the bottom line with the use cases that you can use the range for is, uh, first of all, for the individual skill development. How do you upscale the capabilities of your people? You will do that by having them experience those cyber attacks in the simulated environment. Improving the team training or the team collaboration by letting them work together on the same scenario. You can use that in order to onboard new members and to bring them up to speed with the same capabilities that you have already inside your SOC. You can also have this platform uh, to assist you in uh, candidate assessment. When you want to recruit professionals to the SOC and you want to evaluate whether they can do what they are saying, so you can run them through those scenarios inside the range and see whether they can react or whether they can do whatever the promise they can do. And last but not least is testing your procedures. Eventually, if you want to see whether your procedures are effective, you can test them as part of the mitigation of those attacks inside the range and see uh, how well your people, um, in a way, uh, execute those procedures and whether those executed ex uh, procedures are uh, suitable. So this covers uh, the skill shortage challenge in SOC. 
Let's move on to the next challenge that was around uh, automation and orchestration. So again, I want to start with a poll asking you how effective is your soul? So here I would like to know how many of you are using soul and whether you are still implementing that or implemented that for only specific use cases or you already have automated most of the alerts. So I'll give you a couple of seconds to fill in the results. So as you can see, still the majority of the SOCs either don't have a soul or still implementing that, meaning that still there's a long way to go and you can see only 8% considered them uh, automating most of the alerts. So as you can see, there's a long way to go in implementing so, but as I said previously, it's quite a necessity in next-gen SOC to have such a product. So let's see, uh, in a way, why uh, so is becoming a key priority in the next-gen SOC. So the fact is that uh, you have more than one source of alerts. So although the majority of your incident will uh, come from the SIM, Eventually, you have other technologies inside your organization, whether it's a ticketing system, whether it's email, whether it's even phone calls that, in a way, streamline those alerts into the SOC, and you want to have one consolidated view on all the alerts that you have inside the SOC and manage that from there. Another uh, thing is around uh, accelerating the resolution with playbooks, and this is where uh, the time sensitivity of handling alerts come into place. Eventually, by running those playbooks on different incident types, you are, uh, in a way, shortening the time it takes you to, uh, to actually mitigate those alerts. The third portion would be around the repetitive manual tasks. Some of the burnout you have for your stock operator is around the fact that they're doing the same stuff all over again, um, things that can be automated and should be automated, so it both will save time uh, in, as part of the incident response, but also will make life a bit more interesting to your SOC staff and will reduce their burnout rates. Another aspect is around prioritization. The fact that you are auto-processing those incoming alerts will enable you to apply some logic to prioritize those incidents and eventually uh, work on the incident based on their impact to the organization and not just based on first come, first serve. And uh, last but not least, uh, responding within a single screen. Instead of working with multiple consoles and multiple management screens and go over from a tool to tool just to perform a single flow of an incident, and then you, you want to have a single pane of glass uh, that will cover all the different tools you have inside the organization and minimizing the training time that you will have uh, to train uh, your people on those different tools. So let me share with you some statistics that we collected from uh, our customers. So we have our own SOC3D, which is a SOC platform. So we collected some statistics uh, from our customers around the benefits of implementing uh, our SOAP product in their SOC, and this will show you some of the benefits that you will get by having a successful implementation of uh, such a SOAP product. So the first thing is the reduction in response times. 
So we've seen 90% reduction in the response time, and also the reduction by half of the escalation to higher T's. Eventually, the higher T's that you have in the SOC are the more expert people, the people that it's harder for you to recruit and maintain, and you don't want to bother them with those day-to-day -day tasks. So by reducing those alerts, uh, the, those escalations, you first of all cope with more alerts in the lower tiers that in a way are cheaper, but you also increase the satisfaction of uh, your higher tiers by, get, by getting all, only those real alerts where they need to investigate and in a way put their skill into place. Another KPI that we've seen was around the number of shifts resolved a number of incidents resolved per shift. So we've seen them tripling the number of incidents they resolved per shift, and this enabled them either uh, to ingest more alerts into the SOC or reduce the team size they have per shift and eventually make the SOC much more uh, effective. And by applying uh, the, the logic of uh, auto-prioritization based on business rules, eventually they ended up with 1% critical incidents that are being resolved within a shift, meaning that the business criticality kind of uh, incidents are actually the ones being resolved first and making sure that um, the exposure of the organization to such attack will be much lower. So if we want to take a look at uh, the SOCVD, SOCVD is the sole product of Cyberbit. So we look at it as the SOC hub. Injects, injecting, uh, ingesting from one side all the different alerts coming from multiple sources. So the same will be the main one, but it can also connect to other uh, systems and ingest those, soft, those alerts into a consolidated queue. As an option, we can also ingest raw logs into the SOC3D. So we will cover also the investigation portion of the IR process. One of the things that most of the sole product is lacking is the portion of investigation. Eventually, most of the time that you will spend as part of the incident response would be around the investigation uh, process. So what we are doing in the SOC, we're also uh, providing you the ability to perform the investigation from within the SOC 3D. So eventually, you wouldn't need to go on to other sources of information and other systems in order to close the loop as part of the incident response. And the SOC3D is being connected to other enrichment tools uh, that will enable you to get a context uh, to the alert and then connecting to the response tools to perform the actions. And this will enable you to close the loop very fast and uh, reduce the risk to the organization. Okay, the next technology and the last technology I want to cover as part of uh, the SOC challenges is EDR. Endpoint detection and response. So what we've seen in the last couple of years that whatever you invest in endpoint security products is not good enough, and eventually attackers are getting in and manage to hack into your organization by leveraging the weakest point in the organization, which is the employees. So by tricking them via different phishing mails into either opening attachments or getting into some kind of malicious website. Eventually, this is still the most successful entry point for attackers to your organization. And this, in a way, 
relies on the fact that uh, the endpoint protection tools that you have are not really effective against newer type of threats. It's very easy for attackers to create new variants of malware that will bypass whatever security measure you have using fireless attacks, leaving off the land, utilizing different Windows tools in order to execute their malicious content without really running executables on uh, those uh, files. What you need to have in regarding to endpoint detection uh, technologies, so first of all, you need to have an EDR that will provide you uh, visibility into whatever is happening inside the endpoint and it will perform continuous monitoring. So you need to have a persistent agent that will sit on the kernel level of the endpoint and will report back everything that you that is happening on the on the endpoint. Then you need to apply on the logs on the information that you collect from those endpoints, detection methods that are more around behavioral analytics and less around searching IOCs or signatures. Since it's very easy for attackers to create new variants of attacks, and most of the attacks are targeted attacks, so whatever IOC-based or threat intelligence-based detection that you, you will have will not be good enough because the first time that this attack will surface will be on your network. And whatever IOC or feed you are getting will not be able to detect it. So the way to detect those kind of stuff is by looking at what they are doing on the actual endpoint and based on that, raising the alerts. Also, the information that you connect, collect will enable you to provide proactive threat hunting. So all those pieces of information of everything that happens in the, inside the endpoint need to be reported to a backend big data uh, server where you can run those searches or analytics without affecting those endpoints. And then you can correlate whatever threat intel that you are getting from external source versus the data that, you, that you've collected from your endpoint and then see whether there's new threat intel about missed uh, attacks uh, that happened on your endpoint. And this will enable you to detect those fireless attacks. So eventually you need to be aware of the differences between EDR and next-gen AV and other type of uh, endpoint security. And you need to be very careful about uh, what those tools are actually using in order to perform detection because most of the tools around uh, NGAV and even some of those EDRs eventually are doing just IOC search, and this is not good enough. And here we are talking about Cyberbit EDR. So Cyberbit EDR is uh, sort of the most advanced EDR platform that is designed for air-gapped environments, meaning that it performs the detection without dependency of any internet connection, without the dependency on any threat intel or IOCs. It detect all the activities that happens within the endpoints with kernel-level sensors that continuously recording everything that happens, whether it's memory activity, network activity, I.O. activities, and then apply on that behavioral an analysis in order to detect those malicious behaviors that happens inside those endpoints, and by that enable you to detect advanced threats, zero days, and fireless attacks because it looks at the outcome of the attack and not the techniques themselves. 
All the data that is being collected is stored on your premise, on a big data platform that allow you to perform the threat hunting uh, and the detection without creating impact on the endpoints in your organization. And once it detects an activity, it has advanced visualization tools in order to tell the attack story because those attacks can be quite complex. And in order for your analysts to understand what really happened, we are using uh, a behavior graph where we are showing the entire flow of the attack of the different components that happen and even draw it over a timeline where you can understand exactly what happened in the endpoint, what was the source of the infection, which file were affected, and what type of communication the attack has created. And then you can actually understand what happened. And then you have all the response actions pre-built inside the agent where you can have immediate response either to isolate a specific process or isolate uh, the entire endpoint, fetching a file for investigation, or even rec recording a pickup from the endpoint. And this enables you to close the loop quite fast. So last thing before I will jump into uh, your questions is talking about Cyberbit. So Cyberbit is an Israeli-based company founded back in 2015. We actually have spin off from Israeli biggest defense company, LB Systems. We have a vast portfolio of uh, security products. We have a cyber range, uh, a SOAP product, an EDR product, and an OT security product. All of our technologies actually started before 2015, so we have a lot of experience, and those technologies are mature. We have more than 250 employees all around the world. The R&D is in Israel, but we have offices in the US, Europe, Asia, and a new office even in Delhi. We are going to uh, be in some of uh, the next kind of conference in India. You are welcome to meet us. And in this point of time, I want to cover uh, all your questions. And if you have more, uh, you can use the question panel to key them in. So one of the questions that we got was around how do we manage slow attacks uh, on a network? And this relates to the fact of the technologies that are presented around EDR. So if you have an EDR like a solution that is recording everything that happens in the endpoint and bring it back to the big data where you can see activities over time and you can run analytics that will see everything that is being done, even if the attacks will take a couple of days, uh, it will help you to detect those uh, slow attacks. What KPIs you measure to check effectiveness of uh, your SOC? So we have the basic KPIs that are pre-built in the SOAP product, and um, those are uh, the number of alerts you have per shift, the number of alerts you have per organizational unit, the effectiveness of different shifts. But all this the information that you have inside the system is available for you to create your own metrics, whether you want to know uh, the average time to solve a malware alert versus an average time to solve a phishing attack. So you have all this information inside the product where you can create your own KPIs. So uh, one of the questions was around uh, moving into a new SIM and how do you optimizing uh, the number of alerts and the noise from the SIM. So uh, there is no really a magic solution for that. Usually, it, what, what we see in all over the place that is like a magic in all socks that the number of alerts that are produced by the SIM 
is usually the number of alerts the SOC team can handle, meaning that eventually you will tweak your SIM to generate less alerts because the people can cope with it. What you can do in order to have a more effective SIM implementation is to couple the SIM implementation with a sole product that will help you to, in a way to mitigate the noise without reducing your thresholds of detection. So once you have a SOAR that is being implemented together with the SIM, and you will automate some of those activities that will, in a way, go through the noise and prioritize the ones that are more effective, it will enable you later on to tweak the alert on the SIM and based on the statistics that you collect on the SOAR. Mr. Shiv, can you share with the audience around the statistics and the KPIs you use in your SOAR? So here we we are doing a simulation testing, simulation exercise. So like example for the DDoS attack. So if the given technology with the certain GB, uh, it will be prevent for us. So we'll do the testing, you know, to exactly, you know, uh, do the that kind of attack and we check it whether my given technology is effectively, you know, preventing or not. And we also do the red team exercises to check whether, you know, the teams are getting the alert or not, whether they are taking appropriate actions or not. So we do the regular interval, uh, the simulation testing and uh, red team exercising. What are the KPI you use in order to measure your stock on the day-to-day -day operation? Day-to-day -day operation, so we check, you know, the one thing is uh, the compliance. So we have a dashboard, you know, for the compliance kind of dashboard like antivirus compliant, patch management compliance, uh, you know, the different kind of dashboard is for dashboard for us. Example, say there are lots of rules are created in, a, you know, the uh, the SIM. So we also check it, you know, how many percentage uh, is compliance or not. Similarly for the spam mails and uh, the other technologies like WAF, DAM and PIMP. Okay, thank you. Um, there are other questions around Fabric products and features. Those I will get back to you offline directly uh, and answer your questions. Let's see if we have one last question to Mr. Shiv. Can you answer the question about tweaking the SIM? How long it took you to tweak the SIM in order to reduce the noise? How long the process of uh, configuring the SIM to, uh, in a way, produce alerts without noise? How long it, it took you? For us, it took uh, eight to nine months, you know, to reduce the nines. It was a big project because we have more than 25,000 EPS and all the log sources. So stabilize for the same and reduce the nine, it took nine months for us. Okay, thank you. Our time is almost up. So I'll wrap it uh, for today. Thank you for attending uh, this webinar. As I said, I will get back to some of you in regarding to specific questions you asked about the product. Feel free to contact us uh, in those conferences or via our website. Uh, we'll be happy to take your questions and then help you in building your next generation SOC. Uh, Subavit platform can be taken together all together or, or as an individual product. So you can choose either to take the range, the SOC automation, or the EDR product without the dependency of the others, or to take it as a platform where everything is being interconnected. Thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of the day.